What's going on, folks? Thanks for hitting that download button and checking out a brand new episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, your one-stop shop for toys, tech, and talk with some assembly required. I'm your host, Rich, and if this is the first time you're checking out an episode, first of all, welcome. Second, a bit about what we do here. Toys and Tech of the Trade is an interview series where we sit down with content creators, entrepreneurs, and just awesome folks that are on our radar to discuss the gadgets, the gear, and the tech that they use to run their business, create content, and more importantly, be more productive. Now, when it comes to the toys aspect of this podcast, it's not the usual talk of action figures and model kits and Funko Pops and the typical things that you think of when toys come to mind. Instead, we focus on the things that bring people joy, whether it's collecting motorcycles, collecting knives, paper clips. Everyone's definition of toys is different, and we like to look at toys in a more broad sense. And because of that, it allows us to explore conversations on a more personal level, get to know our guests a little better, and more importantly, get more of those stories, anecdotes, and important things that can really just help you level up personally, professionally, or both. With that said, and that intro out of the way, let's get into this week's episode. But first, a little housekeeping. So a lot of folks were really, really excited about the different series that we're doing, uh, focusing on the underdogs community. And also, we're going to start a new series with uh, the folks at Long Island Networkers. We're going to kick things off with Adam Hurd, who is going to be joining us in a future episode. And I'm really excited to continue to pay it forward with these great communities that have done different things to help me just be better as a businessman, an entrepreneur, and just overall a a, a human being sometimes. Sometimes that interaction with people that are outside of your sphere of influence can help you put a lot of things in perspective. And there's been some really crazy personal things that have been going on, which I'll say for a separate episode. And the thing about it is that these people that I don't know all that well have just had such an amazing amount of insight and different, different uh, opinions and advice that when you kind of chop them down a little bit and look at them at a more granular level have really helped me um, get through some of these crazy, crazy situations that have been uh, picking up and manifesting in my life as of late. But, you know, the thing about it also is that I think that these communities are important for those that are looking for people like them, whether you're an entrepreneur in New York, whether you're somebody who enjoys, for instance, podcasts from Noah Kagan, there's different people that can be united based on a fandom of something they love, whether it's Marvel fans, comic book fans, uh, NFTs, crypto, you'd be surprised how many people want to sit down and chop it up with people just like them about a lot of these topics. So Again, I know I'm kind of just, um, you know, just spouting off about it, but but please go out there, find people, find communities that you're into, uh, use those people and bring value to those people to help you, whether, like I said, it's leveling up personally or professionally, you will not regret it. The next thing I wanted to talk about is yours truly is in a book. When I started this journey back in 2006, I would never in a million years have imagined some of the crazy things that have come about on this crazy journey from going to New York Comic Con, which is something I used to always like to do with my brother as a kid, 
to reading about Toy Fair, talking about Toy Fair, and attending Toy Fair and covering Toy Fair. Um, you can't make this stuff up. But funny thing, I had the opportunity recently to work with uh, Marcus, Marcus Howard, who many of you may know from the Eat for Life podcast and also the Gamify Everything Beyond the Metaverse podcast. And Marcus is just an outstanding and amazing human being. And the guys, you know, doing being a dad and juggling businesses and different opportunities while continuing to bring value to the to the um, gaming space, the esports space, you know, really pushing for more diversity, more opportunities for for people of color in the space. And that's just a fraction. I, I'm really doing him a disservice by not really breaking down what he does. But do yourselves a favor. Look up Marcus Esports Howard on LinkedIn and you'll see what he's all about. He is a stellar, stellar human being. But aside from all of that praise, Marcus was working on a book which is Innovate Gaming and Esports. It's a coffee table book and it showcases a bunch of amazing and talented and just just outstanding people that are doing things in the gaming and esports space. This is a massive coffee table book. And the thing about it is that Marcus said, you know, Rich, I would love for you to be in my book and share some, some anecdotes and some things about your journey as a podcaster, as a creator and in gaming. And, um, you know, I put something together. I had to get a new headshot, which is insane. And, um, the funny thing is I did all of that. And then what ended up happening was we got a couple of mock-ups and it really started to come together. And I said, I said, man, this is, this is really happening. This is, this is the real deal. And one mock-up led to another, led to another, led to more creation, led to more things. And next thing you know, we went from the book being virtual to the book having a prototype to the book shipping. And at that point, I was just like, man, this is this is insane. And Marcus was super transparent along the way, saying that there's going to be an NFT of the book, all of these things. And earlier this week, get an, an email for a package delivery. And sure enough, there it is, this beautiful coffee table book. And I go, I turn to page 26, and there I am. And the thing about it is that, you know, I look at this kind of stuff and I go, man, who would have thought I'd be here? And it's, it's amazing to show like my siblings, my wife, my three-year-old daughter, who's like, daddy's in a book. And, um, my grandmother, certain family members, some really close friends. And to see it just live and in color. And the fact that my story's out there and people can draw inspiration from it, man, it's, it's a game changer. And the funny thing is, and I'll wrap it up with this. You get into some of these things that businesses, et cetera, and you're always kind of motivated by how much money can I make? When can I retire, et cetera. But when I stopped focusing on that stuff and started focusing on kind of just the journey, which is, you know, real fortune cookie crap to a lot of people, but I focused on the journey. I focused on the little victories. I focused on the fact that you know, here I am just, you know, covering all these events and getting 
hands-on with amazing technologies and connecting with tremendous people and more importantly sharing so many inspirational stories i mean i couldn't put a price tag on that and while yes you know i'd love to sit here and say that hey i'm recording this podcast from a private island etc you know what i am recording it from home in a studio that used to be uh my mother's old bedroom and um you know i draw i draw strength from that for a lot of different reasons again and that'll be a story for another podcast but the thing about it is that at the end of the day those small victories they add up so with that said I'm going to turn it over to this week's guest who is returning for a second go around with us here at Toys and Tech of the Trade. And if I tell you that this person really embodies some of the stuff I told you about, you'd be like, ah, Rich, you know, you, you, you talk about every person being blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm serious. This, this individual has gone out there, done the damn thing, reinvented himself along the way, and it's all coming together. And he came and wanted to share his story with us for a second installment. So with that said, time to stop running my yap and turn it over to this week's guest. Coming back for a second revolution around the toys and tech of the trade planet is the one and only Josie's boy. You may remember him from such wonderful shows as Turnbuckle Tabloid, the regular season sportscast, and of course, Call me when it's over. In addition to that, now he is killing it with his brand new brand, Painted in Blue, specializing in custom, handcrafted, off-the-chain leather goods. And I am beyond honored and excited to sit down and share his toys and tech of the trade with you. Tony, what's going on, my brother? I'm good, bro. Thank you for having me again, man. I appreciate it. It's definitely, yeah, it's my second time on here. Yep. It's my second time on it, yeah. Yeah, because the first time we were talking about all the work you were doing, painting and, and mm-hmm. you know, the podcast and everything else. And I think that the origin story can start from there because what you did was a massive, massive departure from where you were at. But it's also an extension of you as a creator. So I want to talk about the pivot from call me when it's over painting to mm-hmm. handcrafted leather goods. Like, talk me through, like, how that journey started. I'll I'll tell you real quick before I say that I'll tell you you are actually the first podcast that I get to speak about my my um, my leather goods on like I have yet to really talk about the transition with anybody yet. Oh, that's awesome, so man! It, Thank it you. Feels good to do it with family. Feels good to do it with family. So I appreciate. But um, the story, no lie, the story goes back like I'm not I'm real quick. It goes back to about 2011, 2012. I was I had just finished working at Urban Outfitters. And um, I had a, a a young lady named Tan who was the designer, and I had this idea to come up with this these bags, and the company was gonna be called Heather, and I only wanted to do it in grayscale every single every every release until it gets like dark, it goes from light to dark. That never came about. So in like 2015, while I'm you know pursuing my art and all that stuff, I started painting on um handbags, handbags and little duffel bags and stuff like that. Because at that time, people were painting Timberlands, people were going back to the Air Force, and so I'm like, bro. I'm not doing sneakers. I did that in high school. I'm past that. You know, no disrespect to people who do it because I see people make six figures off of that. So, but um, it just wasn't for me. So I did that for a while, for about three years. And um, <clears throat> I, this this young lady I was dating at the time, uh, I had did uh, Michael Kors back for her. It, it, it was going over well. Like I was doing some things. I had done some stuff. And um, I did a Michael Kors back for her. 
And um, this is 2017. I did a Michael Kors background. I posted it on Instagram. And so many people were like, tagging, tag Michael Kors, tag Michael Kors. And everything inside of me felt completely uneasy. I was like, bro, I feel so stupid literally tagging this man. And I know nothing's going to come of it for me. Not even just the job, but just like, I'm giving him shine. Why am right. I giving him shine? He's a multi-million dollar company. You don't need me anymore. Right. Um, Nicki, Nicki Minaj mentioned your name. You have every chick in the, in the game buying your bag. You don't need me. So um, I stopped. I stopped. And then um, in 20, like, fast forward, I met Alexis, all that good stuff. Like, 2018, 2019, I'm doing, like, these murals and stuff. Like, my art started going, I, I started going really good. Like, I got permanent murals, all that good stuff. I'm doing, you know, my own painting sets. Like, I'm killing stuff in 2018, 2019. So, uh, going into the end of 2019, I was kind of, I was spent. Like, I had nothing left in me. Like, I just, I didn't, I couldn't paint. Like, I would try to make stuff and nothing would come out. Literally, nothing would come out. And um, I remember, like, I went through this real good depression for about three, four months. And um, I remember telling Alexis, uh, I don't have anything left. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do. And she would just tell me, like, you know, Sometimes you just got to step away, you know, just leave things alone and everything will come back together. And um, so like going into the holiday season, I literally did nothing. I made nothing. Like I just lived life. We went to the to go see the Rockefeller Cemetery. Like I was at shows, like not even my shows, other people's shows. Like we were just doing a bunch of a lot of couple stuff. And um, one day I went to bed and uh, I had two dreams within a week and a half span. The first dream, and mind you, this is, I had never seen his face. I've only ever heard his name. Or I, I do, yeah. I had a dream that YFN Lucci paid me $100,000 for some bags. Hmm. Ra- randomly. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. Because, like, I've never seen his face. I, I heard his name a few times because he was just kind of bubbling up in the rap game. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And then I, I, I had another dream a week later. And I can't remember who it was, but somebody bought something from me. And that, that, that price, 100000 that number kept coming up. So I remember sitting with Alexis and I told her, I said, hey, uh, I think God is telling me to make bags, like make my own bags and to stop paying other people's bags. She says, if you believe it, then maybe you should do it. So I, I was doing a freelance gig at that time. I came home from work and uh, she bought me a sewing machine. And she's like, early Christmas gift, you can start. Yep. And uh, so me being the obsessive learner that I am, I'm like, all right, I need to master this. I went, I like, I bought some vinyl. Like I wasn't ready to like just go straight into buying leather yet. Right. So I bought some vinyl just to practice. I bought like one little hide from somewhere, like a cheap hide from a sewing store. It's probably, it wasn't even, it probably was, it was like some low grade leather. It was shit. So um, I'm practicing and I'm on YouTube. And, you know, shout out to everybody who goes to college. I'm not knocking it. If you got a practical uh, position that you want to do, do that. But for everybody else, YouTube University is the way to go. <laughs> um, so I'm sitting there and then I came across this page called Quarter Quarter Leather. C-O-R-T-E-R. Quarter Leather. And then I noticed he was doing leather crafting with his hands. And I'm like, oh, this is a thing. And I didn't think twice about it. I was like, okay. Me being a person that works on my hands, I need to learn that. And then I, I kind of just like, all this is happening within a month. I built up this obsession with learning how to do that. I bought like a little kit um, from Amazon, $35. For people who, who are afraid to spend money on materials, I started with $35 on Amazon. It came with everything I needed. 
um, wasn't the best materials, but they started. And um, going into the end of 2019, I said, I'm not doing any art shows in 2020. I'm not doing anything painting related. I'm going to master this. And we went to Miami for Alexis's birthday in March. March 9th, we came home. March 15th, they shut New York down. Yep. Every single week. When I found out about unemployment, how much I was getting, every week I was buying leather. Every single week. And I did nothing. But like in my painted blue page, it was all about custom fucking jackets and shit like that. Like it did all that stuff. 2019, 2020, all I did was master as much as I can. And I know they always say start small, do wallets. I did a few wallets. I went straight into making bags like I wanted to. Yep. And that's all I did all through 2020. I did nothing else but make stuff. That's like everything in the nutshell. So so going back to that a little bit, I, I wanted to kind of um, unpack that a little further because mm-hmm. a lot of people, when they hear these stories, they say, oh, well, you know, he had he had that previous experience, but just to reinforce to everyone in this room, you had never made a handcrafted leather good ever before this. Not once. Nothing. I knew nothing about the, the, the uh, tools. I knew nothing about anything with handcrafting leather goods. The only thing I knew about was painting leather. That's it. I knew nothing about making stuff. So this is all, I'm only two years into doing this stuff coming up on my third this December. And so this this is all new still. And the thing about it was you took all of 2020 to kind of make your 10,000 hours. And this mm-hmm. is I, I want to, uh, you know, press on that <clears throat> to a lot of people that the pandemic, while it was horrifying and terrible and life changing for so many people, it mm-hmm. opened up a wealth of opportunities for others and people mm-hmm. just they kind of don't. They kind of look at that through rose-colored glasses because they'll be like, oh, you know, it's easy to start your dream when you're sitting home and you're not doing nothing. But the thing about it is, and, and I want Josie's boy to, you know, further reinforce this. We all had the same 24 hours. We were yeah. all still in the house. We had three things on our mind, finding food, finding toilet paper, and finding mm-hmm. ways to keep ourselves from going crazy because we couldn't do nothing. Nothing. I remember waiting on lines outside of supermarkets, outside of Target, outside of here, outside. Of that. I remember having alerts for when they would restock things that I needed for the house to keep mm-hmm. my family safe. And the thing about it is, in that same time, same 24 hours, I'm there, I'm grinding, you know, building on the same thing. And here you are putting in them 10,000 hours, putting the reps in. And the thing about it is that in the midst of all of this, you're still trying to be. Uh, a supportive partner you're mm-hmm. trying to keep your head above water because there was no money coming in no None. money like unless you got unemployment and even when you got unemployment it was like the rent's due the phone <laughs> is due the lights due yo i gotta make sure that we're not eating ramen for a week <laughs> so yeah, it was it was a very crazy time and i always tell people like yo pressure you know sometimes that pressure creates diamonds And you're, and you're proof of that because here you are, you doubled down on this and here you are just making handcrafted leather goods. Now, I know people are going to ask this, so I want to get this, 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 uh, this alley-oop out of the way, but why (laughs) painted in blue as a name? 
Yo, it's funny. You're the first person to ask me. <laughs> it's like nobody really asked me. Yet. Because I'll tell so, you what, somebody I was talking to you about it was like, yo, this dude's brand is called Painted in Blue. And he ain't got no blue bags on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I said to P- I said to the person, I go, what's a Google? Think about oh, it. Google question. wasn't a thing. Google yeah. wasn't a name. No, it wasn't anything. I tell people all the time, Kleenex is Kleenex and Kleenex is a brand. Kleenex is a tissue. But Kleenex made sure that they <coughs> positioned themselves that whenever you say, I need a tissue, you don't say, I need a tissue. I, I need, need a Kleenex. Kleenex. Huh. Yeah. It's, it's, so for me, uh, there's a, now for the person who says I have no blue bags, if you look at all my signature bags, they all have blue insides. Ah. Every every like Christian Louboutin has the the red bottom. All my bags are blue on the inside, some sort of blue. There you go. So except for you know, if somebody wants some custom stuff, then I do whatever they want, of course. But uh, every inside of my bag is blue. Any of my signature stuff is all blue. So that's that's that part of the blue stuff. Right. But um, so when I was painting, like while I was painting, well, I'm still painting, but like, when I was painting for a profession, um, I had saw a documentary on YouTube some years ago. It's like a a geographic documentary some a geographic some shit you know but um it was about the history of color and they did white blue and gold mm. and of course the first one blue is my favorite color growing up of course but um i think that's kind of obvious but uh i saw the history of blue and like how hard it was to get the color blue how the stone itself came from the middle east and then um it was kind of it was only used for religious purposes you couldn't use blue outside of the church Mm. when blue was a new thing and it was it was cobalt blue it was just that blue so to know that it and i understand that that was like man man's choice to like relegate it delegate it to the um the church i get that but um to know how precious the color blue was and how specific it was to telling stories over history with the picassos and uh even the way jeff coons uses certain blue damien hurst uses certain, certain blues cause uses certain blues like blue has a rich history so when I found out how godly the color blue was, it just stuck with me. So painted in blue was a no-brainer for me. Gotcha. It, mm-hmm. It's it's one of those it's one of those things where you're it means something to you, and I wanted to give that clarity for everyone else because when you hear that, to to your point, see the 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 truth is in the details. Like all mm-hmm. your bags are blue inside, but to the casual observer, they'll be like. Why doesn't he have a whole line of blue bags? Why isn't there right. royal blue, powder blue, you know, this blue, that blue? But right. again, the, the the truth is in the detail. So for those of you that are curious, there is blue in there. It's, yep. just, it's just a matter of you got to look a little deeper. <clears throat> you got to dig a little bit. Of course, something like for me, to, you know, honestly, for me to have a whole line of just blue bags, that would limit me. That would limit me so much. And I'm so I'm so much bigger than that, you know, so. Yep. Um, I like I, I like intricate stuff, you know, like for you to you got to buy it to realize it like, oh, it's blue on the inside. Oh, my God. That's amazing. You know, so. Yep. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I, I'm interested in kind of the, the the creative process for you. So you went you started doing handcrafted. You, you put in the time. And mm-hmm. when was that moment for you when you said. I got it like you like like I'm sure you made like a wallet here, a wallet there. Mm-hmm. And every day it got a little sharper. The lines got a little cleaner. The stitching went a little faster. What was that moment? What time period was that when you were like, holy shit, I got it. 
All right. So now, and that's the funny thing about be, being creative because like, you know, being a creative, you know how it is. You always have aha moments. Yes. Like that, it always happens. And um, I think as a creator, there's not many definitive moments, Um, but there was when I, so my, one of my signature bags, the Lizzie handbag, um, the first time I made, when I made the first iteration of it in 2020 and um, how smooth it went. Of course, there was a lot of changes to it now, um, but how, how I figured it out with, now, mind you, I'm not, I'm not a person that kind of, I mean, I'm okay, I'm okay with math. Everybody, you know, I, I shout out to all the mathematicians. Like when it comes to basic measurements and shit like that, that's where I'm at. I'm with basic stuff. Yep. So like, I didn't watch any videos on like how to make patterns or things of that nature. Like I, I came across some things like that, but I, I kind of, I just figured everything out by myself because it's kind of, it's, it's self-explanatory. Like right. it's just shapes and numbers. Like it's all self-explanatory. Like you figure out how to connect this. And so when I made, when I made the Lizzie the first time, when I put it up for sale, like, and the funny shit is nobody bought it. Nobody bought one bag. And that's fine. Cause I was still, I was still new. I was, I'm fine with that. Right. But, um, and I love being able to tell that story now. Nobody bought my, the first bag I ever put out. But, um, uh, when I made that the first time and it kind of like, there was not one hiccup through that process when I made it. And I was like, Oh shit, I can do this. Like I knew I can do it, but like, it kind of, I proved it to myself. Yep. And I'm product. like, all right, I'm in the right place. I'm in the right area. You know what I'm saying? So that was, so 20, it was, I want to say it was like, like July, 2020, something like that. Around that time. It was summer 2020. Cause I remember taking pictures with flowers in the bag. So it was like summer 2020 where I kind of like, all right, I could do this. I could do this. Cause in my mind, I can, it's, there's nothing I really can't do. You know, like I can really figure anything out in my mind. So, yeah, that, it was that time. Yeah. Over the course, over the course of your of your journey, you mm-hmm. know, I noticed you started to lean, he- not heavily, but you started to lean more into your faith. And I want to yeah. talk about that because, you know, there's different there's different facets of faith and how it's approached. And I want to talk about it because, again, that that aspect of not hopelessness, but just not knowing where to go next. Mm-hmm. Did you, did that make you lean further into it? Like, Hey, cause you know, there's always the old adage and some people believe it. Some people don't, I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm neutral on that, but you know, it's like, I don't have it, but God will provide, mm-hmm. you know, tell it's- me a little bit, tell me a little bit about how that played a factor for you, how faith was very, wasn't what got you through. I want yeah, to share definitely. that with people because I think that there's there's truth and there's inspiration in there. And some people, you know, they talk about they'll either use, you know, God's plan or mm-hmm. or or you got lucky or th- whatever rationale to justify themselves moving forward. But you you had tangible skin in the game. You mm-hmm. had you, you know, you you just become a husband. You mm-hmm. had started this brand new journey, living in a completely new place. You were completely mm-hmm. You were a man on an island. Yeah. So give, give me a little background on that. Um, so, you know, for me, like, I'm, I'm definitely not one of those people that tell people they have to they have to believe in, like, this one definitive thing. Right. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, like, even if you believe in the universe, there's still something bigger than you. Yep. You know, like, that's as far as I can go. Like, I'll never tell somebody, like, Buddha's right or God is right or Allah. Whatever you believe in, you just know that there's something bigger than you. 
Yep. And um, so for me, you know, I've always I've always been a, a man of faith and um, you know, grew up Baptist. Uh a guy, you know, I didn't I didn't grow up like heavily religious or anything. Like I don't believe in religion, I don't believe in organized religion. I'm just a worshiper. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I believe I believe in a God, in God. You know what right. I'm saying? Like that's as far as I'm gonna go. Um but uh, when it came to me through, like, I haven't been through so much in my life, man. And it's like, I, 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 you know how it is growing up in the projects, being through poverty, like yep. dealing dealing with the, the 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 effects of the eighties, like both parents gone, raised mm-hmm. by my grandmother, like it was so much against me for so long that like, and I was it's funny, bro. I was just telling Alexis this that I I never had a choice but to know like, okay, it has to get better, it has to, yep. you know, and like I'm not the one, like yeah, I play a part in it. But it's bigger than me. Mm-hmm. I don't control all of this shit. You know what I'm saying? So um, as I got older, you know, of course, uh, I, I definitely became a little more um, intentional with learning right. certain things. And like, you know, I'm, I'm not a Bible thumper at all. Like, I, I believe the Bible is like a comic book and everything in there is characters. And it's kind of like lessons to be learned from it. You that's, know, that's a so, that's a good way to put it. I always tell people this. I'm like, listen, what you believe when you pass is what you Mm -hmm. see meaning that if you're muslim you will see the what the muslim faith presents to you when you leave when Mm -hmm. you're catholic you're going to see whatever the catholic faith the catholic faith has indoctrinated indoctrined into you when you pass and i feel that it's kind of like when when you leave this earth it's literally choose your own adventure but the message is still the same like so i liked how you put that that there's something bigger than you and I honestly mm-hmm. think that when you leave this universe, how you perceived it is how you're going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like when you, when you, that's why I don't believe in the term self-made. Right. Because like, you know, in all honesty, everything that somebody's done to you has an effect on how you act right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. So it's impossible to be self-made. Like you can, you can say all you want. That's cool. If you believe it, you believe it. I can't tell you no, but there's no such thing. Um. So for me, like, I always knew God had a plan for me. And I was just telling lessons and stuff. So I, said, I, I always knew something was there for me. I knew something is there for me. Right. And um, my grandma would always tell me, like, you just can't give up. You know, like, no matter what you do, you just can't give up. And I'm a firm believer in, like, I don't want to run into, like, we all hit these uh, plateaus. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't want to keep banging my head up against the wall. So I also try to be realistic with myself. Right. It's like, okay, I'm a firm believer in if it's not working, I'll try again. And I'm not going to just give up. I may have to, you know, change how I uh, distribute it or how I present it. Like, let me do this a little differently, you know, see what works. And um, as as I go through, as I went through my art career, as I was going through my art career, it was like I didn't had so many shows where like I sold nothing, and like so. Then when I get a year where I sell one thing, I'm like, man, that's way more than last year. Right. Like that was better. One than is better last than zero. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's like, um, so. When I came into leather crafting, like I, I'm a firm believer in my dreams. Like I don't, I don't, I don't remember my dreams often, but when I do, I know it's for a specific reason. Yep. And like for me to be doing this one thing, and then like a big shift of change being told to me, I was like, God got to be the one telling me that. Like He's, it, it's nothing else. Like I, I didn't watch anything about leather crafting. Right. I wasn't like I've always been in the fashion, but like I didn't really care about none of that stuff. So for life to just be on something like, hey boom, you're doing this now. Don't do that. And I fought against it for a while, naturally. Yeah, But I was like, you know what? I was like, you know what? No, this is it. This is it. And like COVID coming and shutting everything down in 2020, 
was like, all right, God's telling me to sit down and do this. Yep. There's a reason why he's telling me to sit. So um, for me, I know there's somebody bigger than me. And like I said, anybody who believes in the universe, science, whatever, either way, there's some things you can't explain. So it's bigger than you. Yep. Absolutely. Now, obviously, we got to, we, I, you know, obviously we try to teach in this, in this instance, but tell me about a moment on this journey where you, I don't want to say you hit rock bottom, but you mm-hmm. hit a bump that made you question your path. Interesting. Um, so I'll be real with you when it comes. Oh, you know what? And it seems like <laughs> this would seem like it becomes easier for people, mm. but it, it really didn't. When I hit 10,000 followers. Really? When I hit 10,000 followers, I did not know what the fuck to do. Really? Because at that point, I was like, shit, I am, I am not, I'm not really a fighting underdog anymore. Mm-hmm. To, to, I mean, to a certain extent, I am, but I didn't feel like an underdog anymore. Yep. So I was like, okay, now I had, to re- I had to question myself, what am I fighting for again? What am I fighting for? Because a lot of people strive for these numbers and like me getting 10,000 followers or like I had three videos go viral last year. And it's like all of that scared the hell out of me because it happened so fast. Yep, And And it opens a Pandora's box of other problems, because what people don't understand is once you hit that magical 10,000 number, the floodgates of people pushing crap on you just comes avalanching out. It's scary. Yep. It's like it's like it's like Hellraiser when you open the box. Yep. It's like you don't know what the hell's gonna happen. Yep. <laughs> and uh, when I hit ten thousand followers, it happened on January second of this year. I hit ten thousand followers, and I was like, "All right, I'll believe it when I see I hit ten point one." And I hit ten point one within that week. July January second was a Monday. Yep. Th- that Friday I had ten point one. I was like, "Oh shit, this is real!" Like, man, this is going crazy, and. Um, it took me a minute because I was like, man, what do I post? What do I say? Where do I go? Like, what happens now? What content are you looking for? Who do I who yep. do I please? And I sat all January. I, I think I posted twice in January and I did a live. And I was like, man, something going into February was like, yo, just keep doing what got you here. Yep. Like, don't think twice. You've been doing it. Keep doing it. Of course, elevate it, but keep doing it. So I wouldn't say it was a, a rock bottom for me just yet, but it was definitely like a wall where like, holy fuck, I'm standing in the middle of something. I have no clue what to do. <laughs> it's it's an amazing thing because people what you know, people chase, chase, chase. And then a mm-hmm. lot of times what really solidifies you as a creator is what you do when you hit those milestones. And some people, the adversity, the 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 accolades will crush them. Mm hmm. So mm-hmm. it, I tell people all that. the time, if you you live for the crowd, you die by the applause. Yep. And and I never, you know me, I've always been a person that like I, I go to the, the beat of my own drum. Yep. You know, I'm a, I'm aware of what people like, what people don't like, but you coming to me like I, when people tell me they have a problem sharing or giving up their work, like me being such a process driven person, like I know for a fact that there's a reason why this needs to be out here. So now me creating this universe like it's not me making art for you it's you me allowing you into my world yep i'm bringing you in and that's not even to sound like egotistic or anything like that it's like no we are sharing a moment together so me opening up my door it's like hey come look at what i'm making do you like it you can stay if you don't you can leave you know 
had, did you run into, and these are, these are entrepreneurship struggles for a lot of people. Did you mm-hmm. run into moments where you had, and, and it's a cliche term, but did you feel imposter syndrome? Did you feel at times when you were working that you were like, do I belong in this circle? Because, and I say this because, and, and you know, especially being involved in so many aspects of it, you know, people talk about mm-hmm. Virgil Abloh, people talk about all of these different creators. And, you know, it was interesting. There was a new story about Virgil recently, and it said hip hop designer. Yeah. Man. And I want to talk about that because if anybody can understand this, it's you. Because the first thing that's expected is, oh, you know, Jay, uh, you know, um, Tony's going to sit there and, you know, this is the guy that he used to, you know, he knows Jay Santee. He knows sports. Mm-hmm. He knows painting. Now he's going to make, and, and this is the best one. He's going to make urban handcrafted leather goods. <laughs> but you notice Man. the first word, urban. Be urban. Yeah. So I want to, I want to talk about that because I know along this journey, you've seen that either consciously or unconscious biases. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I want you to kind of share a little bit about that just so that people know what to expect if they're on a similar path. Yeah. So for me, um, as, as like, I know no matter where you go, no matter what I do, when you start something new, you start from zero, you have to prove yourself, not just to everybody else. You got to prove yourself to you, to you first. So I have to, I had to build up the confidence to know like, all right, you know, I, I'm a person that understands the 10,000 hours. So I had to tell myself, okay, you're in a learning phase at this point right now. I'm really good at what I do. There's so much more for me to learn because new stuff happens every day. But I'm learning on the job. That's 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 what I'm happy about with that. So um, there are things that I do in my in 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 my field, like uh, to to kind of control the narratives. So for me, when people started finding out about me, I would hear, "Oh, Telfar, what?" or "Brendan Blackwood, who?" And like, "All right, cool. I'm not in competition with them." So I always kind of like let people know those are two black men that's doing anything. Yep. Let them do their thing. I'm over here, you yep. know? Um, but I why tear them down too? To big you, know? you up. That, like, like I'm sure you looked at it and you're like, hey, that's very flattering. But it goes back to crabs in the bucket. Like, yo, those guys are great at what yeah. they do. I could be great too. I'm doing my thing, you know? Let them let them make their money and, and I'll get where I'm supposed to get when I'm supposed to get there, you know? And um, I don't, I, it's, it's like hip hop. They always pit somebody up against somebody when they find out that somebody's new. Yep. And um, I'm like, I'm cool with that. You know, so when, when I would see things like that, I would say, hey, you know, much love to them. Like, I'm not feeding into that. It, that's not the type of party we're going to, you know. And um, a big thing for me, too, is like, I understand the importance of when I need to say that I am a black artist or a black designer. Right. I'm, I understand the importance of when and where I need to say it. I don't promote myself as a black owned brand because it's obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's you can't very get good. away. You can't get away from my image. Like my nose and my lips ain't going nowhere. Word. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I hear um, and, and and the, the images that I show, uh, I, anytime I show women, it's 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 always black women or women of color. Always, always. You know what I'm saying? So it's like whenever you see somebody holding one of my bags, I haven't sold to a white person yet, and I'm not I'm not reaching for it because we all know when when I blow up, that's what's gonna happen. But I'm not looking for that. Like all of all of my people support me. Every one of my clients is a black woman. 
You know, I have a, you know, I have a few Spanish women. I have a few, like, but it's no white women that support me. It's all women of color, you know. And and for me, I don't have to tell you I'm a black owned business because when you come on, you know, my thing is when people make these Instagram pages, and this is advice to to, to some people too. When you make these Instagram pages, people who follow you want to know what you do off the back. Right. If I go to your page and in your bio it says you're an artist, it says you are a basketball player, and I see you doing nothing but, but taking selfies, you're not what you say you are. You're fake. Yep. That's a lie. So now if you come on my page, you can tell, oh, yeah, he makes this stuff. Oh, he, he does this stuff. Like, no matter what I do, I don't care if I'm a professional cartwheeler. You will see videos of me doing cartwheels every single damn day. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. For me, I don't have to tell you I'm a black-owned business. It's obvious in the music that I listen, that I that I play. It's it's obvious in the stories that I tell. It's obvious in my face. It's obvious in the people that I surround me. So I'm a big fan of controlling these narratives and not having to exploit myself. Because I feel right now, and not even just right now, but in the past three years, um, the the the, the black body, the colored body, is is uh, it's a money grab right now. It's a money grab right now. It's cool to say they're black owned or we support people of color or we support this we support it's easy to say those things and right now with everything or technology becoming so consumer friendly and all these crafting videos and these life hack videos and like everybody can get into it so now yep. we have this big bubble of everybody doing the same thing but it's hard to find the cream of the crop because some people may have more followers doesn't mean they're great yep. some people may be louder doesn't mean they're right so it's like now we are all fighting for this thing and every every one of them is steady saying, I'm a black-owned brand, I'm a black-owned brand, I'm a black-owned brand. I don't say that for that reason. So I don't have to I don't have to tell you. So it's 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 good that you fra- you 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 packaged it that way. And it's funny because a, a buddy of mine, he uh he posted on Facebook and he was like, if the first thing you telling me to buy from you is that you're a black-owned business, he's like, I ain't buying it. He right. goes, he goes, guess what? He he goes, guess what? I'm not buying blackness. I'm buying goodness. If your product you. is good, if your work is good, if your presentation is good, if your customer service is good, you're going to get my money. But you're not going to get it just because I'm one of you or you're one of me. That can't That's be it. the defining characteristic. But the funny thing is that and, and I and I and I want to get into this because. Mm-hmm. You and I, we we can speak on this because there's always identity issues. Like, yeah. like people look at your name, then they see you, then they go, "But wait a minute, you're not." And then you're <laughs> right. like, "Yeah." It's like when I when I when people see my name, don't know me, and then I walk into a room and they see, they're like, "Oh, uh, yeah." I'm like, "Yeah, that's how that works." Sorry, but right. But the thing about that is that in this in this time period with this much access, do you feel that? My, and, I, and I'm going to say it like this. Do you feel that minority-owned businesses lean too much into being a minority and less into being a quality brand, product, or service? Um, and yeah, in the beginning, for people who choose not to know themselves, the creators, Yep. For, for when they choose not to know themselves and to not lean on what they offer instead of who they are. Like, and, and I don't mean, you know, we all need a face to connect to the brand. Mm-hmm. Every, like, at that point right now, everybody needs to know who, who runs what. You know what I'm saying? Um, when you don't know yourself or you're not sure of yourself, there's something, there's like a shtick that you have to sell to people, you know? So for me, like when people see my name, nobody, I mean, most people that reach out to me don't really question it. Yep. And um, for me, as as being 36, like I stopped fighting for my blackness a long time ago. 
like you if you want you know like people are on tiktok proving what they are yep and it's like i know what my mother is i know what my father is i know what my grandmother is like i know what we are and when people say but your last name is gonzalez i'm like cameron diaz is white ain't she all right then. So like, where are we going with this? People want I people mean, want DNA tests for background, and and you know what the funny thing is? There's so much, and, and this comes back to business. There's so much self hatred mm-hmm. in who we are that it bleeds into what we're offering. Oh my god! Listen, when <laughs> when people reach out to me and uh, we have these conversations, and like I was talking uh, this one, like I get a lot of love from California. I don't know why everybody thinks I'm from LA, but um, I get a lot of love from California. When I talk to them, I'm like, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that I get to sell to my own kind. And they're like, oh, he is, he, this one lady was like, oh, I saw your bags. I didn't see you though. She said, at first I saw your bag. She's like, man, he made that? She said, and he's black? Oh my God, I need that. Like it becomes an and. Like that's the added extra. I don't have to tell you, hey, I'm black, buy for me. Like, okay, I could easily get a fuck. And this is no no shade to anybody because I know a lot of people do it. I'm not down to anybody. Just for reference, I could easily go get a vinyl cutter. I could easily go get a heat press. I can easily download Canva and yep. just make black and beautiful shirts all day. Man, it That's happens. That's the easy way out. It, it happens all the time. I mean, one of the things that you were, um, when Nipsey Hussle passed, mm-hmm. I remember one of your posts was, I better not see no Nipsey shirts out here. None. And y'all making money because come on. And I laugh every time that happens because here's a great example. Look at, uh, a, a, and, and we'll use this as a good way to pivot, but look at what happened mm-hmm. with Will Smith, right? Oh yeah. And the Will Smith situation, people, people are going to create different narratives about it. And I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of doing yeah. it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. think about it. People made shirts, memes, mm-hmm. and guess what they did? Made mm-hmm. money. Off of shirts, memes, and everything else. Because at the end of the day, the money, the color that matters is green. That's it. And people just, they don't realize like, like, yo, like this home, this homie's life right now, just falling apart before your eyes. But yo, buy this shirt for $22.99. Cause it's funny <laughs> for now. Right. Right. It's, it's funny. funny and you're going to wear it. You're going to buy it. You're going to give that person a $22.99. You're going to wear it. People are going to laugh when they see it. And they're going to be like, ha this is funny. And That's you know cute. what? That's a one-time transactional relationship because you'll probably never buy from that person ever again. And it's and one that, thing. That person's forever on the hustle now. Yep. And it's one thing that I got to say about, about Josie's boy, knowing him personally, is that you become personally invested in what he's doing because he creates a story that makes you want to give a damn. I appreciate that, bro. Like had, my, I'm, I'm, I'm big on, like I always, I had put something up the other day and i said like fuck trends i just i choose to tell stories yep like because when i make you something like when i talk to people we talk about like their ideas and stuff i always say make sure like i try to make you something that you are gonna hand down to somebody if i don't hear from you in another 10 years that that means your bag is working yeah that's <laughs> that right serving this purpose yep. you know but um i want you to be able to you know pass it down to somebody and i want you to like the the last bag that i showed on instagram the green one um, that woman, when she hit me up, she's originally from Louisiana, but she lives in California. And she's like, you know, I, I was going to go to Gucci. I was going to uh, buy a Gucci bag. No, Louis Vuitton bag. She said, but then you came across my Instagram and I saw what you were doing. And she's like, man, I really want this brother's stuff to be shown in my office. And um, she's like, and I told her, so you know what's funny? I said, you know, Louis Vuitton doesn't use leather, right? Unless they're making travel stuff. 
And she's like, I do it. I do it. I said, it's not to down them, but like you want something that lasts. So I'm going to sell you something that, and I'm not even going to, I don't sell, I don't sell things. Like I give you what you need. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You need this, you know? And it's not even about the money. You need this. Like this deserves, you deserve it. Fuck me. You deserve this, you know? And um, so like, I try to give people the narrative of like, you deserve luxury. You deserve great things. And you deserve somebody that looks like you to make it for you. There you go. But that doesn't have to be the final say. So you know what I'm saying? Like, of course. And, and so. the thing about it is, you're not you're not ha- you're not ha- dangling on the fact that it's like, hey, buy. You're not saying buy black, buy brown. Never. You're just like buy good. That's it. And, and with that, I wanted to, you know, wrap up this part of our conversation with um, mm-hmm. the wifey bag. Yeah, I want to talk about the wifey bag. Um, obviously, there's personal significance there. Yeah, I want I want you to just talk me through the concept, the ideation of that bag, and then presenting that bag when the the final product. Because I know how that went. I can imagine <laughs> right. how that went. I should say. So, um, so I mean, everybody, everybody that follows me for the most part knows I'm married. So, like, we got married last June, and um we were like planning all this stuff. And like this one woman hits me up. She's like, I know every bag is for your wife, but do you make customs? I'm like, uh, my wife gets one of everything, but like everything's not hers. Like all this stuff is for other people, you know? But, um, she, uh, she does give one of, one of everything, like everything I make, she gets one of everything and her own personal stuff that I don't even show. But, um, she had told me she wanted a bag for her bridal shower. I was like, all right, what do you want? I was like, you want a Lizzie? You want, she's like, no, I want something different. So she came to me with these ideas. She drew these, she drew these elaborate things out. And I love pushing her to like, to force her to draw stuff. Right. <laughs> it's so cool. So she drew this really nice bag and it had like flowers on the handle. And I was like, man, that's dope. But like another time, we can't do that for the time that we have right now. So she's like, yeah, I want it triangular. I want this. I want that. And we sat and we spoke about it for like a few days. And she's like, but I want it engraved on the sides. I was like, what you want? She said, I want flowers. So I did that. I made the bag for her. I bought. The, we went to Tandy, bought the leather, um, uh, and and we're like, I'm making it or whatever. And I didn't show it until after the wedding. Mm-hmm. I wanted to wait until after the wedding, so I showed it, and everybody's like, "When I tell you, people were asking me for that <laughs> bag since last June. Yep, <laughs> since uh, almost a whole year, people been asking me for that bag. And every time I show it, it's like." Bought that red one. Bought that red one, and I'm like, "Oh, y'all gonna have to wait because yep. I wasn't, sh- I wasn't sure of the pattern yet because I haven't sat down with it and altered it." So January came, and I was like, "Man, ten thousand followers. I don't know what to put out. I don't know what I'm gonna do." Alexis was like, "You should put that that bag out because everybody's asking for it," mm. and she was like, "And call it the wifey bag because it originally was for my wife." Yep. So I I made it. Or whatever, and like people. So now I'll tell you because the ad didn't the, the ad didn't happen, and it didn't happen because you know she actually had to get um emergency surgery for a hernia that we didn't even know it came out of nowhere, you know. But um, so kind of stopped us from doing the photo shoot. I don't. I had a whole idea about like the the whole basis of this bag is you know women they chase the the ring like the ring is this thing, but a lot of men. Like as men, you know, we want to do something, but we don't do it on everybody else's time. Yep. We do it on our own time Absolutely. when we are ready, you know, and we deal with the whole, 
as men, we deal, and this is no shade to women or anything, but as men, we deal with the whole world. We work on everybody else's time. Like we have to wait for other stuff. Yep. So we would just appreciate it when people wait for us when we're ready, you know? So um, a lot of men feel pressure to pleasing a woman and getting her that ring because it just seems like this thing in society that solidifies you as a woman. You got a ring. You got a ring. Like, okay, that's cute. Whatever. There are men who want to show their love without having to buy a ring. So for me, in my mind, the younger couple, this would be, you know, the man showing, hey, I do care about you. I'm not ready to buy you this ring, but just know in my mind, you will, you are working to be my wife. And then for the older couple, it's like jewelry's not everything. So now I can give you this something that was made out of a labor of love to show you how much I love you and keep that spark going. So that that's the whole basis of the wifey bag. I, I remember I saw it and, you know, and, and, and I tell people full transparency and many women will relate. When you have kids, your usage of bags is gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, my wife has a collection of bags I've I've amassed for her over the years, along with her bags. And I saw your bag and I'm like, man, she needs this bag. And I'm like, this bag is going <laughs> to sit. Need it. This bag is going <laughs> to sit for at least another two years. <laughs> because because you know what it is now my daughter's three and now she's starting to use the bathroom so now it's not i gotta carry bags and i gotta carry wipes and you know but now it's like you gotta carry snacks you still gotta carry right, juice right so so to see that and and the, the intricate the intricate details you put in the story that was behind it and it reinforced what you just said that you sell stories mm-hmm. and to to put to put that into perspective your stories and your work using Tandy leather products got you mm-hmm. working with Tandy. And I want to use, I want to jump right into that because that was yeah. massive. So tell me how that came together, bro. I, and this is, this is where my faith comes in. So, um, I was at the gym early, early, early in the morning. And, um, I was just feeling like this was, this was in, this is in December. I want to say this is right after Christmas, probably. And um, I'm just, no, it was right. Yeah, it was maybe right around Christmas. Um, And I'm just like, man, I wasn't feeling good about certain things. I'm like, man, this is is cool. But like, what's my next step? Like, how big am I going to go? And I remember going like going to the gym before everybody gets there. Like I go to a private gym um, out here in Philly. And uh, it's uh, at five o'clock in the morning. I mean, six o'clock in the morning when they open, nobody's there. So I'm sitting down there and I'm like, man, God told me to say something out loud. He's like, say what you want out loud. Like I I felt it, you know? And I said, man, I want a sponsorship from Tandy. No lie. They had, um, they followed me. It's funny. I was hyped because they followed me three days, three days before that. Mm. And they commented on my video. was like, Hey, I see your bag in the back, which is like their shopping bag. Cause I have a bunch of patterns in it hanging up on my wall. And um, so three days later, I'm at the, I was like, man, I really want a sponsorship from Tandy. No lie. Four hours later, they DM me and said, um, hey, we would love to. We've been following you for a long time. Like, I guess the person who runs the page, I later find out the person who ran the page followed me for a long time personally. And she's like, you know, we've been following you for a long time. She's like, we want to do some pot- sponsorship uh, partnership with you in 2022. So I'm like, oh, damn, that's crazy. So I emailed them instantly. I didn't hear from them for a few days. And you know how it is. You get a little antsy. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know it's the holiday season. They got things going on. So I reached out to them almost a week later. Luckily, I did. And um, the, the young lady, her name was uh, Abby. And she says, oh, yeah, can we set up a phone call? So we spoke. 
goes, uh, you know, she tells me, oh, your, your voice sounds really soothing. Well, I was like, yeah, podcasting for five years. It happens, you know? So she says, hey, we want to do some things to you. We love the content you make, like the way you show you, your stuff. And she's like, we want you to do, you know, some product videos for us, reviews and stuff. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Because like 98% of the stuff I buy is from y'all. So it's kind of goes hand in hand. It doesn't disrupt anything I'm doing. Yep. So she says, we would send you things. You just post this in the video, da, 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 whatever. She said, later on in the year, or, you know, if it comes to it, you know, maybe we'll invite you down here to our studio. Because they do that with a lot of a lot of bigger artists that they want to be down there. They'll bring them in and do like little workshops and stuff. Nice. So, and I've, I've been following them for a long time. So I've seen a lot of people I know go up there. Oh, a lot of people I like. And um, she, I was like, okay, that sounds cool. So I was like, I was like, all right, man, this is, it's potential. So um, New Year's comes around. New Year's, New Year's day was cool. I had a, a video go viral again, like the week before, like that week going into New Year's. January 2nd, I had 10,000 10, followers. They called me on January 3rd <laughs> and were like, are you free in February to come to Texas? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, like I'll come. So man, they um we and the, the beautiful thing is when they bring people out, they have specific things that they have them come do. Because I'm so vast, and I thank God for that, I'm so vast, they were like, We don't have a plan for you. We just know when we're gonna shoot you, you can tell us what you want to do. Nice. Just come down and tell us what you want to do. So um, man, they flew me down business class. That was the first time I got flown business class. It was beautiful. I drank for free. <laughs> it was great um but yeah i went down i was down there for five days um an ice storm happened while i was out there so we missed one day at work but uh i as i when i got down there what's cool is like everybody that works there actually does leather crafting oh man almost and literally like the warehouse is huge almost every single person that works for that company does leather crafting so they all love their job which is super dope Outstanding. so um yeah, they showed me around. I met some people. I met like the people who run stuff, and like they were all like the people who run the warehouse were like really excited for me to be there. And um, I found it interesting how other artists work because while they were filming me, I asked them. I said, "Do you want me to talk during the video?" They were like, "Can you?" Because you know some people can't work and talk at the same time. I was like, "Ah, oh, you talking to a whole different person? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'll talk as much as you want me to." Um, so it ended up. I didn't have, so it was going to be, I, I don't, I don't want to give up what I did because the videos are probably coming out like next month. Nope. Nope. All good. But, um, I did two different, two different projects, three, I did two different bags, three different things. Um, and at the end of the week, they were supposed to do an interview. I talked so much and answered so many questions <laughs> through the videos. I don't have to do an interview. <laughs> <laughs> like I said great. so many things. I don't have to do an interview. So, but yeah, they're cool, man. Like Tandy is dope. Like they treat me well. Um, and uh, I signed on to be like an influencer with them for like the year for this year. And I will see where it goes from there, you know? And, um, yeah, man, like it's, it's, I, I spoke it into the universe and like it happened and I'm not saying that's going to happen for everybody, but, um, I was, I, you know, I was adamant about that. And then like, I was adamant about them reaching out to me the first time and then me not hearing anything. I was like, all right, I gotta be intentional. I'm going to reach out to them and let them know I'm serious about this. That's it. And, um, yeah. And they just been, they've been cool ever since, man. Like Tandy's dope, you know, three, three months in and it's, it's cool. It's cool. That's awesome. I mean, the, 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 to close this out, I gotta say, you know, you had handcrafted dreams to tell handcrafted stories and you're getting handcrafted results. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for it. All right. We're going to 
switch gears a little bit and jump into what mm-hmm. I like to call the hot seat, you know, rapid fire questions we always go through. Yeah, um, yeah. So obviously, uh, your your wife bought you your your first sewing machine. Um, mm-hmm. How was uh, how was your first day using that machine? How angry did you get? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was I was pissed. I was like, because you know how it is, like being so good at one thing. And, mm-hmm. and it, like I said, in my mind, I can do anything. It literally just takes me a few steps. But I also understand the art of mastery. But being able to not, not being able to do sing, something so well after trying it for the first few, few times, I left the machine alone. I was like, fuck this thing. I don't want this. Like, I hate it. I hate it. Like, this shit is stupid. I got to learn how to do bobbins and tighten this. I'm like, this shit is dumb and then of course like I, I'm, I'm pretty good at like i have a sewing, sewing machine still but i use it for like when i make liners that's it so it's like i'm, I'm okay with it right now like but at first oh i fucking hated it i hated it what what uh what brand was it um it's a it's a brother I, actually the same one i mentioned in the first interview we did oh okay um yeah the brother xm2701 like it's a good starter one for anybody who wants to learn how to use a sewing machine it's a great starter one um, it has a lot of settings on it, but like I'm good with it now. But I, I, I fucking hated it at first. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you painted for yourself? A few days ago. All right, a few days ago. Yeah. So, all right, uh, not all right, not actual painting. It was watercolors, okay. but um, actual picking up paint for myself was last August. All right. Last August, because I got into like I'm really into inks and in in um watercolors because it's convenient for me. Um, but uh, I got that itch to like go get some canvases recently. Like, so that's gonna happen. That's good. That's good because I know you said you had hit that that wall, and now you're Mm kind of starting to feel feel that other spark that that the creativity with the with the handbags and and the leather work is 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 starting to light those fires for some other stuff. I see. Yeah, so it's it's like I said, the painting and all that stuff, it is is definitely for me, but I don't mind showing off. You know, it's kinda like everybody says you need a hobby. Yeah. So now painting kinda is my hobby at the point, which I feel good about. Yep. So but uh yeah, so like hopefully soon I'll be able to paint for myself. What's been what's been the toughest part about growing your business? Learning business in general. So, okay. and when I say that, I mean like finances. So, yes, I can attest. Fi- yeah, learning finances. Cause so it's easy for me to, ch- me to charge for a painting because I can, like, uh, of course, nobody needs to know, but like, I can, you can give me a commission. I can finish it in two days. Right. So I can charge that. I can charge whatever I want. Like, I know what to charge. Right. Now, when, when it comes to these bags, like, still, I'm still learning mm-hmm. right now. Cause it's like, not only do I have to, put in so like i did a fanny pack for somebody last year and uh i charged her 900 dollars. okay and um she's like she's like why so much i said well first off you was gonna go to louis vuitton their fanny pack is two thousand dollars <laughs> so i love that question, i love i sh- love that rationale first yeah of all. so so like you shouldn't be questioning me on that like i didn't say it that rude but like right eh, come on um i said so for me to make this bag like some of the leathers that you're choosing, I can't buy in these square panels. You know what I'm saying? I can't buy in these small panels. So I now have to buy a whole hide. On a cheaper side, a whole hide is $250. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now, can I benefit off having the rest of that hide for other things? Yes. But like, I got to buy a whole hide to make this one thing for you. So I have to, you know, take that into consideration. I, you know, 
uh, production time. Like some, I had to really tell myself, like, are there certain things I can make in a week? Yes. But then my life around it won't allow me to make it in a week. Mm -hmm. So I now have to pay attention to like, all right, right now the wait time for regular stuff that I'll offer on my site is four to eight weeks. And in all actuality, it usually goes to that seven week mark, um, depending on what's happening. But like some things will be a three, four month project, you know? So I have to take that into consideration. Um, I have to take packaging into consideration because custom stuff deserves custom packaging. Right. Um, that shipping, like, so, so many things into that. And then not even just that, I now have to like, all right, think about how much money PayPal's going to take from me. Think about how much money taxes and cause I'm in Philly. So I got to pay state tax and city tax. And that's yep. 7%. Yep. That's a lot, you yep. know? So like, I have to take all the things into consideration. So it's like, I'm still learning that. Um, and, uh, that's it. Like it's finances. Cause everything else, like the artistic stuff, I can, I have that down pat. You know, I don't buy ads on social media. Um, cause I don't want to feed into that machine. Right. So, so I, I, I stay with my newsletters and things of that nature. Um, I try to be big on, like, as big on TikTok as I possibly can, you know, like make sure everybody pays attention, which people still sleeping on TikTok. Don't sleep on TikTok. You don't got to dance to be on TikTok. No, you do not. So, but, um, yeah, so like finances will be like the biggest thing because you know how they say in creativity, it's 80% business, 20% creativity. Yep, especially I, I remember when I started doing a lot of this on a more serious kick and people were like, yo, you need four business bank accounts. I'm like, what do you mean I need four? <laughs> and they're like, well, they're like, you need one to take the money. Then you need one mm-hmm. to save the money for your taxes. Then you need one that you're going to use to pay yourself. Then you're going to need one to cover your expenses. I'm like, what? Bro. I was, I was I, like, like, I'm like, I'm like, I only got two of the four so far and I'm just right, trying I'm to only keep two deep. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's just insane. So I definitely feel, feel that. Um, who inspires you nowadays? Um, right now it's not so much about, uh, uh people, uh, a person specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's more of like experiences right now. That's kind of like shaping me. Okay. Um, I have found like people in 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 uh, my trade that are very interesting, um, and I, yeah, it's it's more of ex- experiences because like I get hyped when I see uh, billboards for certain for certain people who like they deemed wouldn't be anything. So like <laughs> that moment is like, oh shit, you're proving somebody wrong. I love that. That's fuel. That's the or, Nelson um, laugh. <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying right exactly so it's like that um it's more of it's more experiences because like i like seeing people it even from like two years ago i ride in the train like i take scepter out here you know we, we got a car now but i take scepter um like fashion is not huge in philly like people have like uniforms for right. the most part out here but um when i'm downtown like certain people like i'll go by uniform things that nature like certain people will wear certain things so like I'm interested in seeing how people carry their bags, or how people use their bags, or like, you know, how people put certain outfits together. So it's it's more of like a moment and less about just like one specific person or specific people, you know? Like it's out I like being outside. That's pretty much it right now. There you go. Are you yeah. have you been reading any uh business books to help you get everything together or you just been kinda kind of I'm uh I'm not reading any business books. Like a lot of the books right now that I've been reading, like uh, 
I've been reading the uh, T.D. Jake's book, um, Don't Drop the Mic. That's more of kind of like standing in your own voice right? type of thing. And because um, right now in my life, I, I don't really need motivation. It's all about execution. That's what's up. Because like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, of course, everybody needs a little push. I'm not going to say I'm above that. But um, I'm at the point where like execution matters. And it's like, I'll have an idea. I don't like, you know how it is. You'll have an idea. It's like, oh, that sounds cool. And then you just sit on it. Yep. So it's like, if I, I, when I come up with these elaborate ideas, there's a reason why it happened. I need it. I need it to be made, you know? So I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading that. Um, and then, uh, that, that's pretty much it. Like I just, you know, I, I that's the only thing I'm, I'm reading. Are you through, did the pandemic make you pray less or more? Um, more. Uh, so I, now here's the thing. I've, I've always been like, you know, I've, I've been intentional with, uh, you know, my, my scriptures and things of that nature mm-hmm. from like 2019, uh, on or whatever. Cause it's like, like I said, you know, the, a lot of people read the Bible and they get like, they're, they're real specific about it. Yep. And like I said, it's a comic book to me, like not to discredit it or anything. Right. I just feel like it's, it's a group of stories that you can learn lessons from, you know? Yep. Um, so I've, I've, I know how important prayer is to me. And it's like, when it comes to something that I do, I can easily make a, make $3,000. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, people forget that, you know, you know, when you're doing something bad, it's like, you, Oh God, I need help. Or I need mm-hmm. this. I need that. Then you're in a good position. It's like, mm, life is good. So I try to remind myself like, yo, even when you are happy, like, Hey, thank you for today. Thank you for like letting me be here. So I definitely, uh, the pandemic, Push me to be more intentional with prayer, okay, um, and real specific with my prayer. Um, so I, I can say it's, it, I wouldn't say it was, I would say it's a little more because because of how it intentionally changed how I pray. So gotcha. I would say more. What's uh, what's something that you've changed your mind on in the last twelve months? Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing now that I didn't want to do? Um, or in general, not it doesn't even have to be something you did, just something that yeah. your thought pattern has just changed on. Oh, well, that's a damn, that's a damn good question. Um sponsorships. Okay. Sponsorships. Um, so for me, I was big on um sponsorships and collaboration. Okay. So I was never opposed to collaboration. Um, and in my mind, like I understand partnerships are important. You know, um, in my mind, I was like, man, you know, it's all about painting the book. Got to be this, got to be this. And it's like, I don't, I'm not opposed to working with people. Um, I just now understand that it has to be very, very intentional, very uh, specific for me. Um, I would tell myself like, yo, I can't do no sponsorships because it's all, it's all about this. It's all about that. Then I thought to myself, like, wait a minute, like all these videos that I do, Tandy helped me with that. I was like, okay, if I'm working with them. And I show their product. That doesn't really take away anything from what I do. Because yep. I actually use their product on a day-to-day. So it doesn't take away from my brand. You know, it doesn't take away from me as a creator. It shows like more, it's more of a behind the scenes. that like, get to know me. Get to, Cause I'm, I'm one, I'm, like people hate to give off, especially, you know, people from we, we from everybody, almost everybody of color, that whole crab in the barrel shit. It's like, I'm not giving you this. I know how to do this. I yep. can't tell you this. Yep. You know, so like, 
I have no problem spreading information and letting people know what I use, how I use it, because I can give you the ingredients, but you can't cook like me, you know? So um, sponsorships have definitely, like, I look at everything differently now, now, you know, like, as long as it makes sense for my brand, because I'm, that's I don't, I don't have a bad company. Like, it's a creative house. You know that, you know? It's a creative house. And, like, right now, people see these bags. Like, it's a creative house that specializes in leather goods. The leather will go further into other things, not clothing. I'm not, yep. I don't really care about clothing, but like when people see more like the pillows, people go crazy for the pillows. Yep. When people see more of my home goods stuff and all this shit, they'll know. But sponsorships, I changed my mind on that in the in the past twelve months. Uh, working as as hard as you have, what is something that's become a non negotiable for you when it uh, comes to oh, business? My, <laughs> don't waste my time. <laughs> do not waste my time yep. and 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 that doesn't necessarily be like i can't take on conversations i will not answer questions that i feel like what if i feel like you're not going to respond back to me yep. after i answer your question i'm not going to respond to you i will not and that's not ego that's not anything if i can tell by the way you wrote something how casually you sent something or you don't read what i said i'm not gonna waste my time I'm not mm-hmm. because, and I'm not one of those people that's like, everything just has to be uh, 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 like, I have, I'm a free flowing guy to, to an extent, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty go with the flow dude. Um, but my time is so important right now. It's always been, but it's so important right now. Cause like, it's my business. I have a wife, like we're going to, we're talking about having kids within the next year or so, you know, like yep. things, I have a life outside of this. So I let people know you have, you have access to me during a certain time. You have access to me if you paid for something, right? And you have access to me to a certain certain extent because you follow me on social media. Does that mean you have twenty four seven access to me? Word. Be- because you you emailed me doesn't mean you are first priority. Nope. You know, like you get answered in the 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 order that you came. You know, gotcha. so my my time is like a super non negotiable right now. That's what's up. Are you um? I know you and Alexis appreciate some good TV. What's the last TV show you watched? So, so she she's a she's a show person. Uh-huh. Um, the only show I've, I've been keeping up for the past few years is Snowfall. Yep, and it's almost I'm, over. I, yeah, I know one more season. Yep. Oh my god, no! Which I expected it because, like, you know, the whole crack era and that that whole thing. Like, yep. I'm very you know every documentary, anything like because that that was my life. Yep. Like. I know so like seeing this story like intrigued me from 2017 on. Mm-hmm. But um I knew it had to end soon because of the things that they're hinting at. So I knew it would happen. But um Snowfall and like for me, um I rewatched all right, Snowfall, I rewatched uh Degrassi. Oh <laughs> I love Degrassi. <laughs> That's like a guilty pleasure for me. Like I cause I watched it when it was like a thing, you know? Um so I rewatched that. Um I went back to there's a show that used to come on. Um, for my '90s head, there's a show used to come on um, NBC uh, on Saturday Saturday afternoons, like at twelve. There was like a little block of these teenage angst shows. Mm-hmm. So, um, City Guys. Oh, okay. I started watching. I started watching that over, and um, then everything is pretty much just like movies and stuff. Like I watched Dirty Dancing again the other right. day because <laughs> you know the 35th anniversary is coming up. Um, but uh, yeah, doc- big on I'm big on documentaries mostly, like docu series, documentaries. So those are the shows I'm watching. City Guys, Degrassi, I'm almost done with, and um, Snowfall. Have you stopped? Have you stopped consuming less wrestling? 
all right. So <laughs> there's a 50-50 on that. Uh-huh. It's like, I don't actively watch Raw and SmackDown because I don't have cable. Right. But it's like, what, you know, you can't stay away from it because it's in my blood. I can't stay away from it. So, like, I follow every damn page you can think of. That's it. Of course, I, I listen to Jay. Like, I listen to Turbuckle Tabloid. Me and him talk about stuff. I watch all the pay-per-views because I get Peacock for free because of my Wi-Fi. Yep. And, um, like, I just, I, I, I know. I, I don't watch AEW. I'll say that much. Mm. I'm aware of it, and I know things about it, but I don't actively watch it. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, no, I, I can't. For me, this, I can't even say I consume it less. I consume it in different avenues now. Gotcha. All right, last question. I call mm-hmm. you a year from now. I go, Josie's boy, how's your business? What do you hope the answer is going to be one year from today? Uh, the best has ever been. You know, I could be, I could be corny and do the, do the, it's booming. Right. <laughs> I could like, no, man, I'm definitely going to be, I'm definitely going to be in, um, I'm, I'm going to be a strong thousand, a strong hundred thousand or more. Like I'm going to be triple digit thousands strong. See, by, by next year. I like that you said that. And it's because I tell people all the time, do not move the goalposts. No. In other words, it's like everybody wants to say, yo, I want to have a, I want to be a millionaire. I'm like, that's cool. But if mm-hmm. you aspire to make your first hundred thousand. It'll be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And then that's once you make that first hundred thousand, you say, yo, mm-hmm. I want to make my first two hundred and fifty. But if right. you say, yo, I want to make a million and you never hit it. All you do is get angry about the fact that you never hit that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And um, like when this year started, I said I wanted to make $100,000 this year. And um, that's definitely my goal. That's definitely going, you know. For, and it's funny because when people don't realize when you set a certain goal or you're really intentional about something, sometimes that first year is just the stepping stones to get to that. Yep. It's not necessarily going to happen all the time. And if it does, that's amazing. But sometimes it's like the building blocks too. So I know for a fact by next year, like I want to be triple digit thousands. There you go. Yeah. All right. Our last, our last one is reach one, teach one, a last bit of actionable advice for our listeners. And I always tailor mm-hmm. it a little differently for everybody. Um, for you, since we're, we're closer in age, I always like to say, use this one because it's great. Mm-hmm. They call you, they tell you to speak in front of a bunch of young creatives and they're high school seniors going into college. Mm-hmm. What's some advice you'd want to give them? It's interesting you asked me that because I did that a few weeks ago. I spoke to some then, kids in South Carolina, then, which I was then, very thankful. For. Then there you go. The, the, the one thing, like we, they asked me questions and stuff like that and I answered all the questions, but the one thing I left with them it's like, you are limitless. You are. Because, you know, you look at it like when you're a little kid, you know, in kindergarten. You're like, I want to be a fireman. I want to be an astronaut. Oh, you can be whatever you want to be. You go to first grade. I want to be a fireman. I want to be a policeman. You got to pick one. Yep. You got to pick one. And it's like, in all reality, as humans, we're not meant to just be that single-minded. Absolutely. Um, me, me being a creator, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, master, I'm mastering this thing. But I've mastered something else before that. So you can't tell me I can't include that with this, Absolutely. you know? So um, everybody who wants to do something, as cliche as it sounds, you can do whatever you want to do. And you are limitless, you know? And um, when you realize how limitless you are, you won't conform. You know, you won't 
try to please everybody else. You won't get on TikTok and want to do all the latest dances. Fuck that shit. If that ain't for you, it ain't for you. Right. You have options. You know what I'm saying? There you go. So I know I know you're redesigning your site, which will be launching soon. But yeah. where can people connect with you, keep up with you, and follow all your work? Um, right now you can uh, get me on Instagram and TikTok. The site will be up at the end of April, definitely. Um, so on Instagram it's at underscore painted in blue. Uh, TikTok is just painted painted in blue. Um, you can get my emails there. Uh, so all like all the custom orders I'm taking is strictly through email at this point. But um, the collections and everything will be back on paintedinblue.com at the end of April. Outstanding. Um, listen, uh, I really, really appreciated being able to sit down, share your story, and share the toys and tech of your trade. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for having me. Massive, massive thanks to Josie's boy for taking the time to sit down with us, especially um, for a second go around. And more importantly, sitting down with us and sharing so much about his journey with um, his painting and then moving into painted in blue and just giving us some insight into the, the struggles and the things that he endured in order to see this dream become a reality. And the thing about it is that, again, this was a person who had amazing talent, amazing talent, and realized that his talent might be better served in another capacity. And he took it, he ran with it, and he is slowly but surely reaping the benefits. And I am nothing but proud of what he's done. And the thing about it is, and I said this to him before we recorded, and I'll, I'll say it publicly, I drew a lot of inspiration from his success and and the things that he was accomplishing because I said to myself, I'm like, man, you know, he he jumped into the deep end of the pool and he's he's been all right. And it was one of those, you know, those moments where I said to myself, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing needs to stop being a hobby or a side hustle. And I need to really go, you know, 10 toes deep, so to speak. And, and really focus on making it better, either better in, in the sense of creating a full fledged brand or better in the sense of bringing value to a space that just needs, um, a person like, like me with my skill set. And the funny thing is that in the midst of this journey, you know, you run into different things. And like I, you know, like I talk about in previous podcasts, you know, imposter syndrome and, Oh, you know, the, the, the must be nicers, which I've said before, you know, and the must be nicers for those that have never heard that phrase, the must, the must be nicers are people that when you are on your journey, building your business, building your brand, whatever, and you know, they're starting to see it come together for you and they start seeing you kind of rack up the, the, the scoreboard. They say, oh man, you know, must be nice to be able to wake up whenever you want to work on your, on your job or must be nice being able to go here or go there or must be nice uh, getting access to these uh, different celebrities or whatever it is. And the thing about the must be nicers is that they will gladly tell you that it must be nice that you're winning. But in the same breath, they're not doing anything to win on their own. So it's easier for them to, you know, kind of I don't want to say hate because hating is just such a such a cliched term. But it's easy for the must be nicers to to kind of try and bring you down a peg subtly. And those are the people you got to look out for the most. The must be nicers or the people that like to give backhanded compliments. Those you don't you don't need those people in in your circle if you're trying to take yourself and your business and 
whatever you're working on to the next level. You, you can't have that because those people, what they'll do is it's, you know, death by a thousand cuts. They'll, they'll say something small or slight or like, Hey, you know, I'm going to open up my first, um, you know, flagship store or my first uh, brick and mortar business. And they'll be like, ah, you know, how are you going to do that? Real estate is so bad. You know, you're working at home. It must be nice being able to just, you know, run your business from your house, et cetera. And the thing about it is like, yeah, that is nice, but maybe you want to be taken more seriously as a professional by having a, a standalone brick and mortar. Maybe you need that to take your business to the next level. And unfortunately you can't for whatever reason. And now you can. So I, I'm saying a lot of this because, again, these are all facets of the journey that um, sometimes get in the way of, of bigger things. So, you know, draw inspiration from uh, what Josie's boy shared, draw inspiration and, and wisdom from what we're talking about every couple of weeks on the podcast and, and go out there, man, and just execute. Just pull that trigger. You'll you'll you know, initially you'll be scared. You'll be like, man, I'm not going to make it. And slowly but surely, you'll start racking those numbers up. And before you know it, your your business will be thriving. Your your idea will be thriving and you'll be better off for it. In closing, everything we talked about, as always, in this episode will be linked in the show notes. Now, as always, some of these items may contain affiliate links, which if you click, we will receive a small commission, which, of course, goes towards making things better not only for the podcast, but for the Rageworks brand as a whole. So please feel free to use any of those links. Again, it's at no cost to you. We just receive a small commission in some cases, and it really does help us out. When it comes to calls to action, listen, you guys know Rageworks is everywhere. Um, a lot of you have asked if we're going to have a separate Instagram account for the podcast network because there's a separate Twitter account. Um, I'm not sure because it, it's kind of tough to manage a lot of the social media stuff now. I outsource a couple of things and I let some things kind of get run on the daily, but I don't know if another Instagram account, especially for, for the podcast network is the right move. Now, given that we're bringing on some more podcast clients, it might be good just to have a point of reference and just uh, some social proof, but we're still working on that. But if you want to find out what we're doing with Rageworks, whether it's the brand overall or the network, you can find Rageworks pretty much everywhere just punch it in and it'll come up from linkedin to pinterest where we are there the real call to action is if you enjoyed this podcast take a moment share it pass it on to your friends your loved ones people that can again draw inspiration from from these stories and whether it's from the guests or from the stories i share please take a moment and recommendations are always awesome and if you want to take an extra second or two and give us a rating on spotify or itunes we would truly, truly appreciate it because, again, people look at this stuff. It looks good. I, I have a love-hate relationship with this stuff because, again, if we went by every review that's written about every movie that we've enjoyed, a lot of us wouldn't be watching a damn thing. So, again, if you if you felt we delivered, brought value, and you want to take a moment and give us a review on iTunes or Spotify, please, you know, please do so. We would truly, truly appreciate it. Last but not least, as always, if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, please take a moment and visit us at RageWorksNetwork.com, fill out the contact form, or if you prefer the good old-fashioned email, you can email me, Rich, at RageWorks.net, and if you're on any podcast booking services, we are probably there as well, so look for RageWorks and Toys and Tech of the Trade there also. That's it. Calls to action are quick, painless, and with that, 
I'm not going to let the door hit me on the way out. So thank you folks for listening. As always, take a second, listen to these episodes, draw some inspiration from them, and use it to level yourself up. You'll be glad you did. I'm out of here. Peace. Toys and Tech of the Trade is part of the Rageworks Podcast Network, your source for rants about gaming, entertainment, and the works. Visit us at RageworksNetwork.com.